Welcome back. Welcome back to the Who is Satoshi podcast. This week we have a holiday special episode for you. Groundhog Day. Everyone's favorite holiday. That's right. How we don't get a day off for this one for work is beyond me. (laughs) Do you know what Groundhog Day is? Yes, dude. I do. I'll tell our listeners who don't know. Well, we just might have some international listeners, so. That's a good point, dude. Groundhog Day is the day that repeats itself forever. I mean the holiday. Uh, I only know the movie, which I assumed was the same as the holiday. They were making some joke about the holiday or something. I don't know. Okay. I mean, the groundhog comes out of the hole. You know what happens next, right? He goes back under. I've got no clue what happens next, but I'm on the edge of my seat. If he sees his shadow, that means we're in for like two extra months of winter. If he doesn't see a shadow, then it's time to start spring already. Oh, are they going to televise this? It's because this groundhog has the power to tell us whether or not winter is over. Are they going to televise this groundhog? Or is it any groundhog? Or how, what? It's Ponxatawney Phil. <laughs> Shut up, dude. Are you fucking with me? Do you Did not you just know make about that up? No. Ponxatawney Phil? I can't say the name of the town. I think it's Poxitani. Poxitani Phil. Phil is the name of the groundhog. Poxitani <laughs> is where he hails from. <laughs> What happens when he dies? This holiday must not have been around for too long. I think they just get a new one. It's like a mascot. Okay, and they call him. Okay, so, okay, I get it. But I don't know, because it doesn't seem like you can just domesticate a groundhog. So maybe someone has to go out and wrangle a groundhog. Well, I would think I would. you would want to keep the bloodline pure. And it should always be a direct descendant of Paxicani Phil, the original. I agree with that. <laughs> Who knows if every groundhog has these special powers? I would venture to say that, yeah, only a direct bloodline descendant has the DNA to determine whether winter's over or not. I agree with that 100%, but then you have to have some sort of like selection for his female counterpart. That way you keep like this magical power in the family line. I think that's a good point. Do you think that he could naturally select it on his own, though? So if you just put like 200 female groundhogs around him, he would know like this is the one? Or you think he would just go for all of them? Well, do you think he's going to go think for all himself, I should find a female groundhog <laughs> with magical powers? Or do you think he's trying to find a hot female groundhog? it's probably looking for hotness so you're saying we've got to we've got to figure it out ourselves and then force force her on them (laughs) we're like trap them together so that it's the only viable option (laughs) (laughs) kind of like with animals or most humans Uh, okay so when i say groundhog day you think immediately of the movie then yeah i think it might be the best enduring comedy of all time yeah i think comedies have a hard time enduring um they do really well in their time and then and then they're done i guess holiday comedies probably do the best of any comedy because Mm. you have a reason to rewatch it christmas time i don't know if people are watching groundhog day on groundhog day i actually don't know if i've ever been aware of groundhog day except for this year because you've you've made me aware of it well that's too bad (laughs) you celebrate it every year yeah yeah i'm gonna celebrate groundhog today are you calling out sick from work i mean i'll take a half day you know see what fills up to (laughs) yeah we have we haven't gotten a good comedy in a long time either i mean can you think of a good comedy the last good comedy i can think of is the hangover which was like 2013 or 14 or something yeah, I can't think of any either. Well, they also don't really stick with me. There was a but, spree of there was a spree of rom coms. It was like five rom coms a year were coming out in two thousand ten or something. But can you name comedies from your childhood? Dude, I remember old school and I remember thinking that was one of the greatest movies of all time. 
Yeah, you probably quoted it like every day with your homies. <laughs> I don't even know if I was supposed to. Yeah, I guess that was more high school. Like Dodgeball, Talladega Nights. Oh, those ones are huge. Yeah. Step Brothers, Super Bad. Damn, dude. That was the golden era of comedy. I feel like they don't make co- good comedies at all anymore. They just don't make movies anymore that are good. Well, that's not the case with Groundhog Day, because I think this is a damn good movie. Have you seen it recently? It's been a while, dude. But I know that he relives the same day again and again. Yeah. And at first, he tries to let everyone know, like, hey, we've already done this. And he lets he wants someone to figure it out. And then he just accepts it and starts deciding to like experiment or meet new people or do new things every day just to experience something new, even though it's the same day again and again and again. Right. And then I think eventually the the curse breaks where he's he wakes up and it's no longer still Groundhog Day. Um, well, actually, rewind towards the end. It's, at one point, he goes crazy and tells everyone in this diner who has no idea who he is. He's gotten to know all of them and like tells them all this stuff that, you know, he shouldn't know about them. Yeah. In order to, to convince them that he's not crazy and that he's relived the same day five years or whatever. But then he wakes up and it's the next day. And that's all I remember. Yeah. I never remember seeing a groundhog in the movie. All right. Well, yeah, the, the movie... <laughs> He goes through phases, right? He starts off, he's like, what the hell's going on? And then for a while, he's doing bad stuff, like stealing money and all this other stuff. He's trying, the whole time he's trying to figure out a way every day as he learns to try and sleep with this one woman, right? <laughs> Mustering all of his magical power. Uh, and then for a while, he gets depressed and he tries to kill himself. And that doesn't work. He just wakes up and it's the next day. That's funny. <laughs> And then by the end of it, he is basically trying to be a good person. Like he learns how to play the piano. He's helping everybody in town. He's not stealing, robbing, going through those phases anymore. And then he wakes up, right? Damn. What do you think the moral of that story is? Everybody's got to go through all the phases to achieve his his enlightenment. You know? Have you already gone through your stealing phase? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a Republican. <laughs> Dude, I have noticed it's really funny. This has happened to me several times where a liberal friend will be like very like nonchalant about shoplifting. I think you could sort people into Democrat and Republican by just casually asking them if they've shoplifted. Yeah, I think, uh, dude, I think women don't give a shit about shoplifting. Maybe it's more ideologically based or politically based. Dude, women are just... Dude, I don't, I don't know. Not to make this about them, but I don't know if they have morality that they follow. I don't know what they follow. <laughs> I think they follow like whatever. It's the law of the jungle. Yeah, maybe it's the law of the jungle or whatever the man around them says. I don't know, dude. So Groundhog Day this year's February <laughs> February 2nd. It is every year. <laughs> dude, I've just never met a dude who's shoplifted. But we'll leave it at that. I've never met a dude who shoplifts. Well, it's definitely stereotypically more of a woman thing, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's a feminine thing to do. Whereas men are into bank robbing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of a female bank robber, but soon enough, we're going to get a movie and that's talking about how all these movies are so sexist because, you know, there's no female bank robbers. Yeah, I've talked a little bit about how because I like I like to read a book or watch a movie and 
I like to listen to a podcast after it just to I like to hear other people's thoughts, you know. Yeah. If I had friends that went and saw the movie with me, I'd rather, you know, sit down and, and hang out and talk to them about it or whatever. But you know, a podcast will have to do when you're alone. When you have no friends. <laughs> yeah. And so I was listening to one about serial killer profiling. And this is just the sorry state. Like I try and find the best podcast I can on the thing. Ninety nine point nine percent of the time you have someone that's like super woke like they can't contemplate history past like 50 years right like if you ask them you know well why in africa are they living in huts in most places and why in europe are there you know brick and concrete buildings and things like that they would say well the europeans stole everything in the 1800s so that's what happened there that's just like a small slice of like their level of psyche and maturity but i was listening to this serial killer one on the show shoot i forget the name of the show it's about when they like started tracking serial killers in the 1970s and he said he hates serial killers because it's such a fascist crime whereas bank robbing is an anarchic crime and so he loves those movies and that's when i thought maybe this fascism thing like just screeching fascism has gone a little bit too far (laughs) i think the problem we run into is we call everything fascist now. And dude, when everything's fascist, you know this. Nothing's fascist. I don't know what it means anymore. It used to have some meaning. Now it's like, oh, Trump's a fascist. Oh, I mean, everyone's a fucking fascist. We just call everyone fascist. I yep. will say as, as far as his observation goes about murdering people versus stealing from a bank, I do think they're different crimes. I don't know if I'd go with fascists, sure. Yeah. Do you like one and hate the other because one reminds you of Republicans and one of them reminds you of Democrats? <laughs> Or is it something related much deeper in human nature? (laughs) Right, I guess it's a little deeper than than that that reasoning. I think he's got the reasons wrong. (laughs) But he's on the right track, dude. He's got the right idea. Of course. Of course, robbing a bank is more fun. That's why we (laughs) have that's why like Ocean's Eleven is fun and not 13 dudes or 11 dudes thinking about how to murder some guy. You imagine if Ocean's Eleven was a serial killer show? Well, hold on, dude. Have you seen Dexter? Dexter's good. Yeah. (laughs) But Dexter also follows a code, a moral code. Right. Right. Interesting. It would it would be funny to make an Ocean's Eleven reboot, but have it be about guys that are serial killers. It would be good. They're or all having a, a big conference room. They're like, all right, how about, you know, Timmy Smith? You know, he just had a kid. <laughs> Works as a fireman. <laughs> Another guy's like, oh, yeah, I can get a layout of his house easy. I know the build. Like, <laughs> just horrifying. Where's our tech guy? Can you cut out those cameras? He's got a He's ring. He's got system. a ring camera, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awful, dude. You could also do a Dexter reboot, but instead of being driven by a moral code, he's driven by political ideology. <laughs> Ooh, okay. At least you'd get at least half of America either direction. <laughs> I only kill people that mow their lawn. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be interesting watching him. Yeah, he just kills Republicans. He's just like comparing notes on who goes to church and like makes charitable donations and (laughs) pays taxes. (laughs) (laughs) Who doesn't hate their father? (laughs) Another reason why I brought up Groundhog Day. 
I feel like with Bitcoin, we're constantly saying Groundhog Day. Oh, this is Groundhog Day. I feel like we've been in Groundhog Day for four years. You know, maybe people don't know what the festival, the holiday Groundhog Day is, but the saying will still be around forever. I bet you people say Groundhog Day without even knowing that it's the holiday. Yeah, I think so. They probably think it's the movie. Right. It's kind of like how floppy disks are save symbols or, you know, you say roll down the car window. We're probably going to be saying that shit in 500 years, too. Hey, Dad, why is why is this icon on my computer this square? Why does that mean save? That is that is funny, dude. Why are we rolling down the windows of the space station? Yeah, for the last year when it comes to Bitcoin, I have felt 100% a groundhog that it's going up by 5k, it's going down by 5k, it's going up to 10k. Is this the big move? No, it's going back down 10k, you know? Yeah, dude, I think it's easy to forget where we started, you know, last year, going from 15k up to whatever we're at now, 43. I mean, we've come a long way. And then the other thing I think about is how many total months has Bitcoin been over 40k out of its, you know, 14 years of existence? Very few. Yeah, not many. Maybe maybe 12, but I don't even know if it's at 12. But yeah, it definitely seems like if we're not at a new all-time high, then we're just reliving the past. Like, oh, we're, we've been here. Let's go on to the next day. Let's let's live in the future when we're at 100K, 500K, 5 million a coin. Yeah, we're also, I think you're what, 3.5 out of four on the four-year cycle? Yeah, as in we're about to, we don't, we don't pump price on this podcast. But if we did, we'd say something like, we're about to go to the moon. <laughs> Do you think that Bitcoiners go through the same phases that the guy in the movie goes through? Well, not all of them, not the stealing phase. But what I mean is like, you know, sitting here, clicking refresh on the Bitcoin price for, you know, a month or two. And then when it tanks, they get super depressed and, and, you know, try and kill themselves, but it doesn't work. And then they're like, all right, you know what? I just need to live life normally and not pay attention to Bitcoin. And that's when I'll be happy. And then that's what they start doing. And only when they start doing that, do they get the Omega candle. Does Bitcoin (laughs) rip, right? Right. I see a lot of parallels. Yeah. It's an interesting thing. The phases of of getting orange-pilled, I think people normally start off when they don't know anything and they learn their first bit about Bitcoin. I think most people first latch on to the idea of mining and this idea that you can take electricity and produce money. Just through just through hash. And so I think people latch on to that first. Then I think people generally go through a shitcoin phase where they believe that all these other coins are the answer to identity and housing records and data storage, etc, etc. And then they finally come back to Bitcoin in the third phase. And then, yeah, I think there's a few phases of, of like deconditioning from the ups and downs. I think you have to have at least one massive upswing and one massive downswing before you're conditioned. It's like cold it's like cold work steel. You have to be you have to be cold rolled a little bit. That's a perfect analogy. And you end up stronger. Yeah. Or you just have a bigger sunk cost in terms of energy and you're unwilling to sell it now. Yeah, I definitely think you need to experience a rough bear market cycle to be a real bitcoiner right your faith needs to be tested and you need to you need to survive the crucible otherwise 
we don't know what you'd actually do, right? You can say whatever you want, but you haven't been tested, yeah. right? Your faith hasn't been tested. Your conviction hasn't been tested. And our Lord Bitcoin will test you. <laughs> but yeah, once you go through the bear market, I guess in order to have a level head, you probably need to go through a pretty crazy bull run. But the reason people have level heads that have been in for a while is because I think, yes, they've been through the bear, they've been through the bull, but they're also so far in the money, right? Like once you're in, let's say your cost basis is is you know five thousand dollars when it tanks to one thousand you know you freak out and then when it when it peaks to 20 you're thrilled and then it tanks back to to three okay after that the lowest it went was 15 right on the next bull run so you're still 3x at the lowest most you know the bottom of the, the depths of darkness of the bear market you're only up 3x <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's okay right yeah i've thought about that too but do you think that logic holds for people investing in stocks for example like would would the psychology be the same if you were investing in apple and it did the same stuff well no well well you could make the argument you know do you truly believe in apple right and i would absolutely say no <laughs> Yeah, if my faith was tested in Apple, I'm failing that faith test. I have no faith in Apple. I have faith that the number was going to go up and it's not going up. Well, there are, yeah, there are people that have that level of, you could call it faith or obsession in certain brands. I mean, I think of Apple as one of them. Tesla, Tesla has been, and that's one of the only stocks with Bitcoin-like gains. Yeah. But I think there's true believers that saw Tesla five, 10 years ago as an investment and bought it and are holding it indefinitely because they i mean it's like one of those companies that has radical believers as investors. yeah that's true and yeah companies do have that that ability i just i mean yeah i think it's different for all the reasons that i think bitcoin is different from from money and from stocks and from every other asset that's ever existed noted do you think they have tesla stockholders meetups and they talk about the tesla tesla <laughs> price cycle and things like that i mean are, there, are we talking earnings calls do we think that that's what that is kind of they pretend mm -hmm. it's you know this professional thing mm, yes we're here for the earnings call because we're analytical and we're technical people and we're gonna review the earnings reports and the financials of the company and the underlying value you know yeah i think that that's kind of what it is whereas bitcoiners are like yo what's up let's meet at the coffee shop once at once a month or whatever yeah that's <laughs> such a good point people listen to the earnings calls thinking that oh i'm doing this for the responsible reason or because you know i need to be financially literate about my investments when really uh, it's just as much for entertainment as a bitcoin meetup right yeah that's great yeah i don't i don't know i don't think uh i mean i i do think that something like tesla is pretty gigantic maybe apple less so but none of them are gonna end central banking and i think that that built up resentment of central banking and the realization of the amount of hoodwink and hood, like the deception of inflation over our entire lifetime i mean nobody's gonna die for tesla no one's gonna go to war for tesla right that's a good point well that's yeah that's why when people talk about bitcoin you hear all these crazy things you know you hear these abstract like bitcoin is truth bitcoin is freedom what are we talking about right but it is <laughs> It is those things. I mean, it's a revolution. And sure, for some people, it's it's the next Tesla stock, right? Oh, I can make some money. I would just say they're not really a Bitcoin. 
And that's why your faith needs to get tested in the bear market. dude. That's why you have to endure that to figure out if you're really a Bitcoin. Yeah, regarding the stages, I just don't see like people come into Bitcoin and rarely flow out once they like finally understand all the variables. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you see these other people rotate through coins and stuff like that seasonally. But with Bitcoin, like there's a lot of times people will think that they get it. They shit coin for a while and then they have their true orange filling moment when they realize these things about store value, there can only be one, et cetera, et cetera. Dude, I guess I don't know. Uh, I don't have that much experience with those people or with, I only know like mine, pers- one person that I orange build. I guess you're going to say I went through a shitcoin phase. When did I say that? I was going to ask. I guess, I don't know. <clears throat> you didn't say that maybe, but. I went through a shitcoin phase. Did you? Briefly. I mean, I, I bought some other coins. Does that count as... Isn't that just more speculation then? I would say believing that a white paper for a crypto company is anything other than a deceptive marketing scheme. That is like you've achieved Bitcoin Nirvana once you just think that it's dead on arrival. Like, why am I using a blockchain for my telephone records? Why am I using a blockchain for storing housing? Why does it need to be on a blockchain? That's a good point. That's a good point. Why would there be two money? There, dude, there is the, the cypherpunk view of the future. And I guess it doesn't need to be on a blockchain. That's the difference. It doesn't need a blockchain. And it definitely doesn't need its own coin. It just needs the cryptography, I think. The cypherpunk future, what do you mean? Just like being able this to guy Tim Mays. This guy Tim Mays talked about having an ID. So essentially like, okay, your social security number or your name or something, but everything else is encrypted. So if you've got a degree, an engineering degree or something that goes on your, on your encrypted card, I guess. But if you want to show someone that you have uh, an engineering degree, you don't give them all your information, right? You're not giving them your name, all your personal data. You just show them your degree and then you show them kind of like the public key or proof that this is me. Yeah. And so and it's like, a, it's a massive increase in privacy instead of everyone getting all like, oh, give me your social, give me your full name, give me your date of birth, give me your, your address, um, you know, all the personal information that we give to do anything. Everything is hidden behind cryptography and you only expose the information that the people need. So, so if they need to see your degree in order to hire you or something. You say, okay, here's my degree. And they know it's yours because it's linked cryptographically. Yeah. In layman's terms, it would be like, you know, University of Alabama would sign some sort of attestation or like string, whatever, cryptographically that has your name on it, right? That would prove that that's your degree. And then you could reveal some cryptographic link between your public ID and that <clears throat> that degree. Like maybe you can verify that it has both your and Alabama's signature on it, right? Right. I mean, I think that sounds awesome. I do too. It could work for passport. It could work for everything. Passports, medical records. You could just like infinitely compartmentalize your own personal data. The the other thing you could do is, should do is like automate. Have you heard of like a canary trap? From you. Okay. Yeah. I remember originally reading about it actually in a Tom Clancy book when I was in like middle school, but it's, it's where say there's like a secret program in the government. They'll give out like 12 different copies of the same information, the same report, for example, but they may just move or replace like several punctuation marks or whatever. So then if anything leaks, you can tell who leaked it. 
Right. Right. Because you have this big problem with when you start dealing with information is there's no way to control the spread of information. Once you've revealed something, there's no way to bound it and say not. So we'd have to like when it comes to privacy, you essentially have to rely on like reputation. So even if it was something like, oh, I have to reveal my medical record. Like what if you could reveal like one specific um one specific like version of it and then you could tie it back if there was ever like a privacy leak you could directly hold the people responsible right Mm -hmm. yeah that would be nice yeah i'm excited for the future i guess i made the mistake of at one point in time thinking that yeah blockchains could could be part of the solution to it and yeah i think i think you're right once you understand that there is no other use case I mean, in the intermediate term, I I think there'll be all types of blockchains, but we're talking like 20, 50 years out, right? And going further out into the future. Yeah, I mean, yeah, records would be the only thing, but I don't know. Yeah, it's slightly unrelated to Groundhog Day, but also kind of related is um, maybe we do an episode on this one in the future, but the Truman Show. Mm. And then there's a quote by Shakespeare that I'm going to mess up, but I'll paraphrase it. The world's a stage and everyone's acting, something like that. Have you heard that quote? I have not. No. You wait until the end of the episode to drop all this knowledge on us. Yeah, dude, it's gonna it's it's to get us pumped for the next episode that we're gonna drop. Dude, the Truman Show, what a good movie! The conceit of that movie. I've always been a sucker for movies that have a great premise, and the Truman Show's premise is fantastic. I hate Jim Carrey. I I despise his acting style, but it's still a good movie. Yeah, I can see why you don't like. I actually like Jim Carrey, and I like Nicolas Cage. Why? Even though both of them, I understand why people don't like, but I like them. Jim Carrey was good in uh, Liar Liar when I was a kid at least i don't think i've seen that one that one's good anyways i think we talk truman show next episode yeah we can do that or we could make a really meta episode and just talk groundhog day again (laughs) that sounds fun all right peace peace